0: Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route Six Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. This week on the Route Six Grind, we have a surprise guest host this week. And from the field segment, I'm going to talk about returning to the Enduring Gratitude event. In our On Target segment, Instructor One from Riker USA shares for your ears-only information from SHOT Show 2020. In the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, we interview our special guest host discussing a special podcast that is all about Jeeps, Jeeps, and, well, Jeeps. In our Go Adventuring segment, I interview Rachel from Record the Journey, then we wrap up the show with a cup of Joe. Jeep Talk Show Invasion!
1: The Route One Six Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route One Six Off-Road. Welcome to the Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. <laughs> Each week, we pour a cup of Sea State Coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your hosts, Brian and Chuck. All right, welcome
0: back to the Route One Six Grind. I'm Brian. And I'm, I'm here Chuck. With, <laughs> hey, what? Who's this? <laughs>
2: howdy, howdy. Uh, I think I dialed the wrong number. Maybe I butt dialed.
0: Hey, Tony, what's up, man? How you doing?
2: <laughs> doing good. Yeah, you you, you introduced uh, Brian and Chuck, and I guess I had to be Chuck.
0: Oh man, so so y'all, so Chuck is out the, tonight. Um, he's actually advocating for the Sunday hunting here in North Carolina. So he's representing us. He's representing his community going out going around the state holding up different town halls and stuff well he's out in one of those town halls tonight putting out the point that we absolutely would like to do sunday honey here in north carolina so appreciate chuck doing that he'll be back next week and i'm looking to hear more about it tony thank yeah. you so much for joining us tonight brother
2: well thank you but wait a minute i want to back you up a second you can't hunt on sunday
0: not north carolina
2: Oh my God. That was like here in Texas where we couldn't go, uh, like, uh, go to stores and stuff on Sunday. They called them the blue laws.
0: Oh yeah. They had all through the South. I remember driving through Alabama, seeing like the signs on Sunday and stuff like that. And back when I was growing up in South Carolina, it was like that too.
2: Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's rough. I, you know, Sunday would probably be a good hunting day too. Like that's really strange
0: for sure. And, uh, there's some great points, uh, that Chuck brought across, uh, a couple shows ago and, and last show. And, and I, I, think we're going to be there's it's been a very uh the community has been very involved in this subject in this topic and the thing too is these town hall meetings are not just covering sunday hunting they're covering a whole variety of aspects and that's a big point that we're focused on as well yeah man so for the show tonight of uh today tonight well what's tonight here i guess uh we got a few things thank you so much for sitting in tony and sure. uh, let's go on with the show When you hear the calls, you know, we have a report from the field this week discussing the event that motivated me getting back into hunting, Enduring Gratitude. So Tony, yeah, this last week, man, I went to an event uh, up in Snow Camp, North Carolina. The event's called Enduring Gratitude. They do a lot of like, you know, trap skeet shooting. There's a lot of pheasant hunting. There's a lot of different bird hunting out there. This organization specifically, I think they've been doing it for like the last 11 years. They'll bring hundreds of veterans out there and you spend the entire day out there You'll spend half the day shooting skeet trap and the other half of the day, you'll be hunting pheasant. It doesn't, doesn't zero cost to the veteran. They just do a wonderful event. Everything is taken care of. They have a wonderful guest speaker there. Uh, It is something that helps you crack out of your shell, get around some people, understand you maybe, some things you might be going through. It is at a wonderful event, and this is the event that got me back into hunting. So I was very appreciative to volunteer this year. I, I tell you, these are there's individuals that are just, they've never served. Uh, there's individuals that have served. There, there are people that just volunteer out of the kindness of heart. This is a large effort. They put together an amazing raffle uh, with some amazing things. Think about just going out there, moving around with four to five different veterans and you're experiencing these things. Maybe you've never hunted before. Maybe you never shot skeet trap and you're out there kind of doing that. You know, you're jaw jacking, you're razzing each other. You kind of feel a little bit like, oh, hey, I'm around people that understand me, know me. And that's a big part of it. For me, it also reignited the things that I missed. I really did miss hunting. And I tell you, when I was hunting the pheasant, I never in my life hunted pheasant till the till I went there last year. It was so rewarding. I would love to tell you that hit every pheasant, uh, last year, but that wasn't the case.
2: You can tell me, I mean, who's going to, there's nobody here that knows. So just tell me that (laughs)
0: every one of them, Tony, (laughs) every one of them. Hey, have you ever hunted at all?
2: Oh, I used to, I used to hunt a lot when I was younger, but as I got older and started getting into, you know, some real type weapons, I, uh, it was just way, way too expensive. I'd love to go deer hunting, but my God, it's expensive. It's, it's easier just to look for roadkill. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> secretly throw it in the back of the Jeep. Now, I, I want to ask you something. Now, the veterans going out on um, uh, these hunts, I don't know anything about PTSD. I've never been in a combat situation, and I've never spent any, uh, a, a, you know, a, like a weekend in Chicago. So I don't know about the, the, the fire, the rapid fire that goes on. Doesn't that, a uh, can't that affect some of the, uh, the the soldiers that are out there, the veterans that are out there?
0: You know, that's a very good question, Tony. Um, I think for me personally, I think it's perspective. Uh, for some veterans, they probably, they can't be around that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a self evaluation. Um, and I think too, when you're out there, you, I can tell you this, you, you can definitely see some guys that kind of try and, and isolate themselves, just kind of hang by it. And the, the great thing about an event like this, you're with a group and everyone just envelops you. And yeah. talks, you know, they, so it's not like, Hey, bill, Bob, because I, the, the, what was interesting. So I volunteered this year, so I was supposed to have a group, but there were a couple people that didn't show up. So I just had my guy join another group. That group leader was, uh, one of the guys in my group last year. So we just hung out the whole time and it was, I hadn't seen that guy in a whole year. So you're actually creating a bond with that group. And, you're not really, I think it's an opportunity to, to kind of not really think about those things, those negative aspects of, you know, want to say gunfire and, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's in a different perspective and for me personally, it feels good to kind of like, uh, be around that community, uh, a sense of brotherhood, if you will. There's, there's mm-hmm. men out there, there's female veterans, men, male veterans. Uh, it's, it's nice to have that. So when I say brotherhood, I'm, I'm saying all-encompassing, if you will. It, it is nice to have that. And you just see, like I can I know for myself, when I got back from this event last year, my wife knew a big difference in me. She was like,
2: for the positive, I hope.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, and she was like, I don't know what happen out there, but you you should get back she into this. You need to go
2: more often. Right.
0: I mean, cause so I mean, you and I, I no have touched about, on this I don't know anything about the
2: PTSD, but I guess that people, if they had a problem with the guns going off, they probably wouldn't go but is what you're saying that it, it's the context of the situation that either uh, triggers the PTSD or not? I, I apologize for asking this. No, I just, you're good. You I mean, said, when you said hunting and guns going off and veterans, I thought to myself, man, that sounds like that would be not good in some circumstances.
0: I, I really believe it's a self-evaluation. Certain things that I'm more sensitive to may not be, not even be an issue with other people and vice versa. You know, well, I'm sure I, it's I,
2: how what your experience was, how it affected you. And I'm sure that's the same for everybody.
0: Right. And I think for stuff like that, it really comes down to a self-evaluation, an honest evaluation. Um, it's no different than let's put it in something more physical, if you will, say like you have a back issue. As much as you want to go and put that 80-pound pack back on and go run 10 miles.
3: It's probably <laughs> yeah, may not sure.
0: you you wanna do it because you wanna feel like it might not be the best decision to make if you have those right. issues. So and I think too it's the focus there isn't so much the hunt and all that. And then far as hunting, uh, good hunters it's, it's it's there's a tremendous amount of respect for the harvesting of the animals. We're gonna eat it. So it's not so much focusing if you want to use the word kill, if you will, it's more focused on the environment, the community involvement. The engagement, the social activity, I could tell you right now, uh, that's what I missed from hunting the most was that sense of, of an activity, a challenge, um, you know, connecting with other people. Uh, that had that interest, because on top of it, one of the hardest things I think to for veterans to do is to separate themselves from serving. You know, at some point the uniform comes off. You're, you may like I still love being Marine. I still feel I represent the Marine Corps. There's no doubt. You hear Marines. There's no ex Marines. They're only former Marines. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But at the end of the day, there's more to Brian Plummer than just being a Marine. Getting out and challenging yourself. One of my good friends runs a, a program down in Costa Rica. It's phenomenal. He just had a few veterans down there. He sponsored it and it's totally uh, amazing. And he had a quote this week, and I'm probably butchering it, but I'm going to say it. He said, Don't be afraid to suck at something new.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very true. I
0: mean, Sometimes that that's the thing that we need to focus on. Like, you know what, I need to get back out and accept the challenge and go do that. And Having these events because, like for me, I'd never bird hunted. It wasn't never my thing as a kid. I mean, maybe BB gun shooting crows and stuff, and not being uh, an ethical hunter, if you will, or respectful. But I was gonna
2: say crow meat's kind of tough. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just I look back in the day, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I never had social media. <laughs> and know, it was a challenge for me, and you know, it was something I picked on up on real quick, and I really enjoyed. The cool thing about going out and do these type of hunts is. You're doing it generally with a group and, and just you've, man, they have when the bird dogs, tremendous respect for people that have bird dogs before I was like, yeah, bird dog. And I don't know anything about it. So I had my, you know, own, uh, naive thinking on it and just seeing the way these dogs work and the discipline and the patience. You gotta put a
2: lot of time into those dogs and take good care of them, train them, All all kinds of stuff, lots of time.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I will say this, the Beaver Pond, uh, they do an amazing job.
2: You were telling me about Beaver Pond the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. I really thought you were talking about a strip joint. It completely <laughs> threw me off. Uh, I, it's an yeah, actual place that, that you go to hunt. Party. Okay, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that type of party. The uh, it, Yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, great organization. And there are easily, like all the AMI, think about how much AMI, you got like probably, let's just call a number, 150, say, veterans out there. Um, you have twenty plus stations, t- you know, 23, 25, somewhere around there are stations just in the pheasant field, um, and you might have four to six or seven members per group that you're rotating in, and then they're shooting probably six rounds. Uh, not when I say rounds, I mean like there's probably they, you know, the pheasant flying from the tower kind of thing. There's probably five or six rotations of that that they're shooting. That's a lot of am- ammo alone. Okay. And then going to the clays. I mean, you're talking a bunch of clays. You'll sit at a station, area rotate through, and you'll do, a, uh, there's like probably somewhere between 20, 25 stations for just the clays. It is amazing. Then they put on this huge barbecue. You sit down and have a meal as a community together. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a guest speaker, and I just, I cannot believe I forgot the general's name. My goodness, he was, he was amazing. Uh, he had a really good message talking about the importance of being a volunteer. You know, after you get out of service, that's it. and I think that's what draws a lot of veterans into service, if you will, in a third party way. Once they get out, they they know they have all these skills. They know they can be of use to help others, and it just seems a natural effect to do that. And he had a great message about that, and I, I just was like, man, that's awesome. I really want to thank this uh, enduring gratitude. I absolutely will be back there next year. If you are a veteran, uh, and we have people from Georgia, people from Virginia, it was not just North Carolina residents, Uh, enduringgratitude.org, just spell it out, enduringgratitude.org, you'll be in our show notes. Just go there, check it out. They generally have it around February every year. Look at possibly signing up. If you are a business, a company, and you want to get involved, you can contact them there. If you want to volunteer, you can contact them there. If you're a photographer, if you're someone that does video, if you find something on that page that you feel you can you know, support with, hey, get on there and do it. It's an amazing organization, and I'm telling you, every time uh, someone goes out, there's another one of me that's being born, somebody that's getting back into hunting, or someone that's getting their win back and saying, you know what, I need to get back involved in the the activities that I enjoyed. And I wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for that event either, and that's a big reason why... I this was created as well. Talk about all the things I enjoy. And it's an amazing event. I can't say anything more about it. It's just, it was amazing. We'd like to feature your success in outdoor adventures. So shoot the pics over to us with a brief story. Route16.com and select contact. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact.
4: I'm Target. What's up everybody? It's Ron Holmes, aka Instructor One, with Riker USA coming to you with your practical tactical update on the Route 1-6 Grind podcast. And one thing I wanted to add from the last little uh, practical tactical update I did from SHOT Show 2020, there was one more little nugget that I forgot to mention. And there's a company up in Montana LD Systems. And you can find them online, ldsystems.us. These guys are taking the old Willie's Jeep. Well, let me go back. The requirements came from our counterparts in South America. We were sending these guys, you know, the typical up-armored heavy Humvees to help them, you know, fight the counterinsurgency, the drugs and the cartels and all that. What they were finding is the the roads down there are so you know jankety and um, not weight ra- rated. The uh, a lot of these up armored vehicles are going off cliffs and killing a lot of guys and you know losing a a few million dollar truck it, that's unretrievable. So LD Systems took the requirements and stepped up to the plate and took a little bit of American history. And uh, some modernization. And what they have done is they've taken the Willys Jeep and they put it on a modern off road suspension, tires, rims, and everything, and are putting four cylinder diesel engines in them. They're also putting on the spider mounts and some uh, machine gun mounts in the back, in the bed of the Willys. So they become a little uh, jungle mobile assault vehicle. The concerns or the requirements for armored vehicles were not there. Uh, from the south american counterparts so uh that's what these guys are doing so that i got to see it there's not any pictures online yet but i think they're coming and they said that um they can do this whole jeep minus the weapons but soup to nuts 25k i don't know if they're going to be available for the public they said that it is a possibility down the road once they fulfill their commitment uh, that they currently have and uh, i know that's something that i would be pretty interested in because that four-cylinder diesel is, is makes me think of the hiluxes uh overseas and for those of you guys that have been there know what a hilux is you know what i'm talking about so uh check them out ld US, another veteran owned marine veteran owned company up in uh montana and um they got some good stuff but they they uh that 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 jeep man keep your eye out for it you guys are you guys really love that, and then one last thing is, um, you know, Beyond Clothing is a is a pretty uh, high end brand, qu- high quality outdoor, military, hunting, and everything like that. So you can check them out. Beyond Clothing, but they they do it large every year at SHOT Show, and this year for the uh, the final night for their after party, uh, we got to see Notted by Nature, and um, it's pretty funny, and it was good and and uh, entertaining and all, but uh, uh, yeah. Check them out and uh, stay tuned. I'll have uh, another one of these next week. Hope you guys are doing well. I can be reached at Riker USA. That's R-Y-K-E-R USA on Instagram, Facebook. And our website is www.rykerusa.com, RikerUSA.com. And uh, shoot me a DM if you got questions. And uh, uh, looking forward to uh, next week. So thanks from Riker USA. And thank you to route one six grind.
0: The Willie's being reborn there, Tony. So
2: I don't understand. Um, Hilux, you mentioned the Hilux. I don't remember that model Jeep. That was that from like the fifties or something.
0: <laughs> That's a, like a, the Toyota. Uh, oh,
2: it can't be yeah. worth a the crap then. That's not a Jeep. Oh, I don't know.
0: Man, those Hilux is, uh, especially the, <laughs> well, so when the government gets a Hilux, that has a pretty set up, uh, suspension and there's, Probably there's more money invested in the vehicle than what it's valued when you first purchase it, thrown in suspension and upgrades and stuff. Uh, you know, our taxes have a pretty fancy check that rights to get those things rolling. What do you think about ours uh, taking those things into South America? Or better yet, what about those things possibly being available in the U.S. market?
2: I think that uh, weapons uh, bristling off my Jeep would be excellent during rush hour, both to and from home. <laughs> I do. I think that would be great. I think people would be, you know, pulling over, calling cops and getting the hell out of my way.
0: Well, they definitely probably get out of your way for sure. Um, but I, I looked online. Yes, it's not there yet. Um, I will promise you whenever I get the scoop, I'll send it over to you all. I would love to hear more and I think that'd be a great thing to hear on your show. Oh,
2: It's interesting. Very interesting. Um, and I'm really surprised of that. Uh, it, it sounds illegal. <laughs> It just sounds like somebody's doing something wrong. <laughs> it sounds like the Contra thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> somebody's shipping weapons down to another country.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't get the TOW missile upgrade on that.
2: <laughs> well, not for 25k. It's very interesting. I've never heard of anybody doing such a thing, and uh, I think it's great that they're doing stuff with Jeeps. Uh th- uh, you you may not know but where are they getting the bodies for the jeeps
0: so i did some research i'm glad you asked that i did some research up in montana there is and you probably can google it and i, I probably should have had it uh tonight when we discussed it but you can go there's like a large area that has tons of old jeep the oh, chassis God. the frames the you know all the bodies all that I'll, if I can find it, I'll send that link to you. I know I looked at it last night. Yeah, um, so I'd like to I'm see wondering that. if they're like, sourcing it that's from that like field. like the,
2: the elephant graveyard where all the elephants go to die and you pick up all the ivory. This, uh, this kind of sounds like the same thing for It looks Jeep.
0: just like – if you're going to put it in a perspective like that, it looks like that for Jeeps. Uh, when I looked at the website, <laughs> it was like, holy cow, things you would never be expected to find and you know that's still there. They probably put the XJs in the way back though.
2: <laughs> the XJs have rusted by now. <laughs> <laughs> The only one, the only reason mine is doing any good is because I live down here in the uh, in southeast Texas, so uh, no rust on mine, and and people everywhere else uh, just hate me.
0: Oh, stop it! You're, you know i have done some good job, good work. On that you are replacing
2: tubs and all. I mean the the floor plant, floor p- uh, pans, and their jeeps, and uh, you know I'm like, man, I don't have to do nothing except throw more goodies on mine.
0: <laughs> well, you're getting out more, so I like that. I like seeing that, man.
2: It's it's really good, you know uh, the uh, the Jeep Cherokee, and I'm talking about the the first one, uh, not this bastardized piece of crap they came out with a few years ago. Um, the uh, the nose is really uh, really short and long and wide, and that means the radiator is also short and wide, and it's not really good for optimum cooling of the engine. So I've had a lot of problems uh, actually being able to drive uh, very far distances. Like get on the highway and drive an hour, it would start to overheat. So I think I finally got everything where it's working. I'm still a little nervous about going any place uh, a, a long drive during the summer, but certainly the, during our winter, which is you know 60s, 70s, it's right. uh, it's been just fine. So yeah, getting out uh, has been really nice. I'm putting a lot of time and effort into my Jeep. So it's a uh, like 21 years old now.
0: It's a classic. Like yeah, it's a classic now, right? 20. Uh, 25. Uh, 25
2: years we here. I don't know if that's that's yeah. the same everywhere, but yeah. uh, I, I, I said
0: 25. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I I, I still, uh, maybe one day I'll get another XJ. We'll see.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot that, uh, you know, a lot of people start with the XJs. And this uh, this event that I went to this uh, this past Saturday, several people came by. I used to have an XJ. I used to have an XJ. And I knew that's what was going to happen. But hey, whatever pulls them over is fine with me.
0: <laughs> you know what? They're very affordable now. Uh, you can go find them. They're everywhere. Uh, we see some great deals on it. It just Oh really? Loved.
2: I never see them in this area. Oh gosh, Very, rarely do I see an XJ on the road.
0: I will tell you one great thing about this: the southeast, bunch of motorheads out here. You can find it. It's out here somewhere. Someone's like you can you can find it. Um, a lot of motorheads, a lot of uh, good resources. Uh, so whether you're looking for that, you know, classic '60s era car. You're looking for that special body, I, you know. There's a, there's, a, I, gosh, I can't, I can't remember his name. Just I'm losing it tonight. But um there's a friend of mine uh I see at events, and every time I see him, he has a, a new Jeep. But it's a Jeep that you've never seen before. You know, one of the old Jeep work trucks. It's just one of those that you just mm-hmm. don't see. And I don't know where he gets them from or how he finds it. He's probably like an eBay guy. He goes out, finds it, then goes ship for it or just go gets it himself. It, it, you know, they're they're here. I mean, they're around here.
2: Yeah, I guess it's like anything. You have to work for it. You can find it.
0: Route16 Grind listeners, Patreon subscribers, check it out. We are finalizing the details. We got some cool things coming, and we're working with Nexum Tires to make some awesome things happen for our followers and our listeners. We said stuff like this was coming. We're working deals. We're making it happen. And we're so happy to bring aboard next some tires and work some things that, well, you guys are going to benefit from. And we're happy to do that. I will tell you this. The only way that you're going to get that little extra edge is a few things. You have to follow us on our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Route16, Boom, get on there, follow us. Right now is the best time to become a Patreon. We are going to provide the details first to our Patreons, and we're going to have some cool things coming, y'all. And the Patreon's going to get a little bit extra benefit. The higher level of Patreon you are, the bigger the reward. We cannot make those things happen without the support from Nexum Tires. And we cannot wait till all this stuff kind of come together and we're able to announce more information. So subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, route one six. Look into becoming a Patreon for the root one six grind today. How do you do it? You go to our show notes or hey, just go to our Instagram. Follow the Instagram, go to our profile. Click on the link, shows you all the places you can go to find Route 16 to include our Patreon page. Do it today.
3: Hey, this is Mickey G, and uh, I'm real sorry to hear you guys had a hard time finding squirrels. Anytime you guys want to shoot a squirrel, just come to my house. I mean, there's like 15 of them hanging outside the living room window at the bird feeder. But, uh, I don't think it's legal to discharge a firearm in the city limits, so, uh, I'll have to think of another way to catch them. Matter of fact, it's also illegal to walk a duck down Main Street without pants.
4: <laughs> and now
3: that I think about it, it's pretty much illegal to walk down Main Street without pants at any time. At least that's what the police keep telling me. All right, guys. You keep up the good work, and I'll catch you later. Have a good one. Bye.
2: What a damn traitor. He's been calling into our show for years, and now he's over here. He's moonlighting, man.
0: He is moonlighting. I don't know. Maybe we're cutting <laughs> better checks. I'm not sure.
2: You know what? I, he has the better jokes on our show, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. Last week, he had a really good one. It, it was pretty good. He has this whole like Bigfoot thing kind of going here, so it's pretty funny.
2: So, uh, th- has he done the whale song for you yet?
0: No, I, of course ask I listen to your show. Ask him exactly about the whale song. About.
2: Tell him you need some whale song stuff.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I might lose some, uh, subscribers there.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, but it's worth it. I guarantee you. It's like, uh, Ellen DeGeneres in, uh, Finding Nemo, but better. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: In the Rock, Mud, and Dirt is brought to you by Warn Industries. At Warn, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine Warn products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid Warren standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this Warren difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business, at least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go Warren.
0: Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt. This segment where I talk about the brands, products, and events from the off-road world. This week, we are fortunate to have Tony from the Jeep Talk Show join Route 16 Grind as a guest host and for the first Rock, Mud, and Dirt interview. Tony, again, thanks so much. Thank you so much for stepping in tonight.
2: Oh, sure. Happy to. It's it's nice because I don't have to edit the podcast. I don't have to do any show notes. All I have to do is to sit here and crack your eyes, which is my my most fun thing about podcasting.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, you know, I tell you, when I first started this, I had mad respect for you and Josh and Tammy and everyone involved into the Jeep talk show. It's work. Like, you know, people, you know, they listen to their podcasts and, you know, you might listen to some 30 minutes, 50 minutes, hour, hour and a half. It is a lot of work. And, you know, once you start doing it, you can streamline some things, but there's a lot that goes into it. And on top of it, building the material, you know, you've been doing this for, what, over 10 years now, right?
2: Uh, nine. We just uh, celebrated our ninth anniversary, uh, December 2019.
0: Holy cow, man. That, you know, so I just started listening to you probably 2016 is when I started. So I didn't really get the early shows. So what was yeah, that you know, motivation right to start per- it, man? I'm sorry? What was the motivation to start it?
2: Well, I uh, I have this website uh, uh, for the Jeep Cherokees. It's called xjtalk.com. And uh, I started it because, you know, there were a lot of... Cherokee sites around. You had a Cherokee. You may be, even visit a few, like Cherokee forums. There's a uh, Naxja, uh, a few more. And uh, the thing that I never did care for on those forums was the, the people, the, the members of the, the forum would um, just berate the new people. Uh, you know, you couldn't ask that same question that 15,000 other people had asked without somebody commenting why don't you do a Google search? Why don't you look at the forum before you post? You know, the the whole idea for a forum was to communicate ideas, to have posts and stuff. And then there was even moderators that were uh, berating uh, the, the, the customers, if you will. And I said, you know, screw this. I actually uh, worked on uh, as a a moderator on one uh, Cherokee site and uh, I had, I threw out some ideas there and they weren't received. It was like, okay, yeah, but we don't want to do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. And I thought to myself, Man, I've done all this stuff. I've set up websites of uh, registered DNS, uh, or registered domains, and, and set up DNS entries. I don't need this crap. I can do all this stuff myself. So I started up the XJTalk.com show. And then as a way to get more people to the, web, uh, yeah, to the website, I said, uh, you know, it'd be fun to do this podcast thing that people are talking about. I think I'm going to try that and see if I can drive some people to the, to the, the forum.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, I like how you use your, uh, <laughs> that was in an in intro. You're like, well, okay, Welcome to the XJ talk show. <laughs> I love that you have that in there with your, with your show now, uh, to kind of like a good throwback to it. Now, when did you bring Josh on? So you Josh guys go back to the XJ talk
2: member show, right? on and I, it's really, really tough to do a podcast by yourself. It is. Um, you know, Nobody can hear the second voice in your head, so you have to fill in. And it was I just put out a call on the XJ Talk uh, website, XJTalk.com uh, website, and uh, I, I didn't really think anybody was going to, you know, want to be a part of it, at least not long term. I especially didn't think anybody would be long term. And uh, so uh, Josh responded. He had had some. Uh, he actually was doing some DJ work at the time, so. Uh, he, uh, he was into audio stuff. He was into doing DJ part-time. I actually, I think he was full-time for a while. And then, uh, you know, he joined in, but he didn't join in as a host because he's going to come every week to do a show. You know, that's, it's a lot of work. I don't care uh, how much fun you think it is. And it's a lot of thankless work because you get very little, uh, recognition for it and absolutely no money. It's, it's not a way to make money. No. So uh, you know, he, he came on and did a, a couple of segments and then we would talk and I, you know, basically check with him. And said, Is this something that you'd like to do? You know, do you think you could uh, be interested in doing this week after week after week? And he's like, oh, hell yeah. So I think he, we were, uh, I don't think we were in the hundred, the hundredth episode uh, of the, the podcast before he joined. I think he joined like 50, 60, maybe, maybe even uh, sooner than that. Okay. So uh, he's been there for almost the, the entire uh, nine years and has been a wonderful help with the show. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'll come up with an idea for like a, a segment, uh, like a promo for a segment or something, and I'll just talk to him about it, and the gears start uh, churning in his head. And then he comes up with it, and he bounces these ideas back, and we just go back and forth. And within five minutes, he's got uh, enough to work with where he'll go do a promo. And yeah, of course, you hear some of those on the show.
0: Yeah, you guys really complement each other because also you can get into the weeds of the technical uh, skill involved in, you know, the <laughs> yeah. the, the Jeeps themselves, uh, things to be aware of, um, resourcing information. There's all those little things that, again, uh, you guys have to do research on the back end, sometimes prepare for the show and whatnot, but you guys actually really complement each other. And, yeah, Josh has all those other talents with the voices stuff and everything else, and it's nice to have that for a podcast because – you know, being multidimensional is a, a big key, I think, to success of this because you have to shift around uh, because you want to create positive content for your listeners, too. And you want to attract new ones. And I think you guys have done a phenomenal job in you know, that whole Jeep life and and getting the message out. I was immediately attracted to you guys when I started putting my brand together. And, you know, I know I came out of nowhere. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I, I
2: always and I remember this. I always kind of think uh, I'm always wondering about why is somebody interested in working with me I mean who am I and what is what is really their their motivation what is it in for them so when you initially came out of the woodwork I was like oh, okay I've learned but I've learned enough just to give people time and see let them come out and be the person they're going to be well, I got to say Brian you're the person that you you were from the very front and uh, I'm glad I gave you a, an opportunity to uh, hang yourself and you didn't
0: So uh, the stranger danger is gone now that that's gone on next to my name.
2: Well, yeah, I think, you know, when somebody's too friendly to you, it kind of makes you feel like, you know, you start looking around, where's the white panel van, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I
0: know, I know where you're coming have, from because something good
2: is not happening here.
0: <laughs> you you get a lot of individuals that are just looking to, uh, how you want to put it self reward and use your platform for that. Oh,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: And you guys, and again, it's, it's just a ton of work and you guys do a lot of things to get people engaged, to get people motivated. Um and two, it's kind of like I'm I'm shocked to hear that you say that the internet there's there's mean people on the internet I've I've never come (laughs) in contact with that Tony, it's crazy (laughs) crazy talk yeah it's
2: the uh, it's the anonymity that they think they have and the 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 mileage that they have between you know you and them that that makes them brave so I've made a I've made a very big point not to get into internet arguments because you know if you can't stand in front of somebody. And take the risk of getting your your ass slapped or hit. It, I really don't have respect for you. Right, uh, I, I agree with need, that. You, you need to be standing within arms' reach if you want to, you know, say something negative. So, yeah,
0: right. It's and on top of it, I mean, you don't know the full situation. I think what's the problem with social media? Not to carry this too far and to get to the podcast, but you know, you don't know the full scope of the situation. You just know what was posted. You're not. You maybe didn't even verify it. Um, you don't know the whole situation. And there's all these people that. Uh, keyboard warriors, opinionated, and and <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's unnecessary because again, one of the strengths of off-road interests, the, the Jeep interests, overland interests, it's about the community. The community makes it so strong. That's the appeal of it. And then the fact that you can actually act as a community and it's no different than what you do on the trail where if someone breaks down, a bunch of people get together and usually a stranger say, Hey man, what can I do to help?
2: Yeah, that's always great, and the Jeep community has always been real nice. Now, I haven't had a lot of interaction with them because, like that overheating stuff that I was telling you about, but uh, I've heard a lot about it, especially from Tammy, who's you know gone uh, off road quite a bit, right? And uh, she's been very impressed with that whole feel. And I, I know you go uh, off off road a lot too, and interact with a lot of the Jeepers, and you've had that same experience. So I'm hopeful.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean that's it. That's the appeal because as soon as that community loses that there's no longer that appeal. And, and you know, it's not just about the vehicle. It's, it's beyond the vehicle. The vehicle is just uh the common ground and how you use that to build the, the community sense, the, the connections and whatnot. And it leads to other things. Uh, a lot of volunteer efforts are based off of that. Like you see all these clubs get together, help around certain holidays, help someone in need in that community. They rally together, and they do these things, someone's sick, someone needs this, someone needs that. It's a huge resource. But as soon as you deteriorate that community, that is something, that is a source that is gone. I don't want to see that happen. And I think a platform like yours, you know, Jeep talk show helps stimulate that. And it's, and the great thing about it too is you take it from not just the sense of, Hey, we like Jeeps. You take it from a technical range, you cover events, you bring the brands in, You bring, and I love that you included the ham radio stuff, you know, you know, I'm a hammer too. So I had to make a plug for that. Bringing things that can enhance your experience when you're out there on the trail, you're bringing that stuff in there to people realize, hey, it's not just CB. There's something Mm -hmm. better than that, especially where I look at, if you are truly someone that's getting overlanding, uh, you should probably be a hammer if you're going off the grid like that.
2: Well, you, you especially need to do something like that if you're going into areas that there is no cell coverage because uh, a ham radio will, and it's not 100%, but given a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, you will be able to contact somebody no matter where you are, no matter what valley you are in surrounded by mountains. Uh, one of the frequencies will allow you to get up and over those mountains uh, by hitting the, uh, the ionosphere. You know, it's yeah. funny. Um, I, I, I was not very enthused about talking about ham radio on the show because i got my ham license at the uh, the tender age of 16 and even though i was very excited and i thought it was very interesting i learned very quickly this is not something you talk about to your high school peers (laughs) (laughs) so i learned very often uh, or very early i should say that uh, you know, this isn't something anybody's interested in. So I'm just going to keep it to myself and, and learn and enjoy. It's uh, it's kind of like a uh, you know having some sort of sexual fetish that you can't tell anybody about. Oh God, Tony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stop. I now gotta edit that now. <laughs> I'm joking. But, you know, for me, I had a deep background in radios from my Marine Corps service and I did a lot of HF work and I was in reconnaissance and, you know, having that backup long range communication for satellite communication was HF and Morse code. I mean, all that stuff. And then when I got out, I was like, yeah, I should probably go get my amateur radio, amateur radio license and stuff. And I just did it a couple of years ago because, again, going back to your show and you said, so you know what? I, and you and I have actually talked about it. You know, I'm like, yeah, because I, I remember one time you and Josh, and it might have been when you actually had the call in show and it kind of came up. And then Josh was like, What well, you know, this stuff. And, uh, you know, we start talking about it and everything. But, yeah, so I went out and got my certification and whatnot. Um, I did, I just got technical right now. I need to go and complete the other tests and finish up. Cause I, I do want to get back into Morse code.
2: Yeah. Morse code was a lot of fun. Now, back whenever I got my license, Morse code was a requirement. Right. And, uh, you had to, uh, you had to pass more code, Morse code tests for every license with the exception of the uh, advanced and technician license. So, uh, you had, uh, back when I was doing it, you had a year, the novice license was only good for a year. And within that year, you either had to upgrade or that license expired. So I did a lot of HF work. Usually when I got home from uh, from school, I would go in there and do some uh, some Morse code on 40 meters or, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I think it was 40, maybe a little 80. I think it was mainly 40. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I've always hated Morse code, <laughs> but I did it so that I could progress and uh, get another uh, another license. And I think it's important, that discipline that you must have. progress to the next license of course that's missing now and i still maintain that it 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 is it's nice that more people are getting into ham radio but i think they don't um value it as much as what they what what we did back when we had to do the that horrible horrible morse code
0: right i will say this though i think uh the people that get into it they get uh humbled by how challenging it can be uh especially with uh you know like you know, with radios themselves, you're not always going to be able to communicate at the exact spot. You might have to shift things, you might have to modify certain things, and being able to come somebody that is truly developed in your trade craft and stuff. So, but I am, yeah, like I said, I'm really glad we're going we're going to nerd out here for a little bit. And listeners probably already <laughs> pause this and fast forward, but yeah, I I do appreciate that you have brought that in, and you also brought in the weather guy. That's super cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, there was a uh, there was somebody that uh, actually contacted us probably three years ago that uh, he thought Jeep weather would be a fun thing to talk about on the show. And I thought it, it sounded neat. And I actually said, yeah, well, come on. Cause we like having people come in and, and be contributors. And it's, it's how Josh got on the show. It's how Tammy got on the show. They were contributors and they became hosts and regulars. So, uh, but he, he didn't, he didn't even do one, uh, one segment. So I think it was more of a, an idea but when faced with the reality of doing it, it just wasn't something they were, he was interested in. So you know, fast forward several years, and I'm still I, I still like the idea of Jeep weather because you know what the hell is Jeep weather? Well, go you know, where can I go topless? Of course, and you know for the Wranglers, and uh, so uh, I put out the the call, and I was I was blown away that we actually got several responses very quickly. Uh, we uh, of course uh, Tammy her uh, her situation her, her home situation was changing, so uh, we we actually looked for somebody to do the Wrangler Talk segment that would be a lot more technical than hers, and then put her in a, 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 a segment that was more in tune with her, her segments, which is more about the Jeep life and the experience and stuff. So that's, I think that's been a real good, uh, a real good change and uh, really good for Timmy, especially given that she uh, doesn't have uh, high-speed internet where she is now All where right. she can actually get on the show.
0: Yeah, you know what? And I, I love what she's contributing now, kind of giving that Jeep. I'm I'm waiting for the psychedelic music to kick in, though, before that. You guys have that whole Jeep life, Jeep life, like all that. <laughs> I'm really waiting for that kind of like, what was that one? Uh, oh, gosh, man. Uh, Jefferson, was it?
2: Jefferson Airplane?
0: Yeah, was it them that had that like psychedelic uh, kind of thing going on?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Now, what I'm waiting I for will
2: it. say this: uh, w- I don't want to lose a the, the female voice on the show, and fortunately, uh, I was able to talk uh, another uh, young lady into uh, coming on the show as a host, and she's been here uh, for a couple episodes with a a, a a multi-week break in between, but uh, she's got a brand new microphone. We're gonna have her on the episode this week that you'll actually be able to hear her, and uh, her name is Wendy. She's in uh, Big Bear. Uh, Lake California. And, uh, she's right there in all that beautiful wheeling area. And actually yeah, I've been uh, up there. To, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is. We actually went out to, uh, the, uh, uh, King of the hammers, uh, out there with Nexon uh, Nixon tires. And of course, Nexon actually, uh, flew me out, uh, to uh, California back in July to, to go for a, a Nexon uh, off-road uh, event. It was just, uh, like five or six people, uh, that, uh, they invited. And I was one of them. I was so super honored, uh, to, to be invited and to go. And it was a blast. I got to drive a TJ, uh, on, uh, rocks, the size of, uh, well, I'll, I'll uh, this'll be like your pheasant thing, uh, rocks, the size of VWs. And it was just a blast, uh, driving that TJ with full lockers on 37 inch necks and tires.
0: For listeners out there, if you, you've never wheeled, or if you haven't gone on, if you do wheel and you haven't gone on some of these trails, and you know the deal; these pictures just do not do it justice. Oh, no. Absolutely no, no. don't. Like it is, you look at you like ah, that's not so bad. And uh, oh no, because there the the pucker factor and some of that when you're doing that lean or oh my gosh, your yes that, that those negotiations don't look as. Uh, easy. Um, when
2: when it's not your Jeep, it's a rental.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's a big (laughs) win too. It's you're good, right? You're good. You're good. Oh man. Okay. Well, (laughs) so
2: Wendy, Wendy was our, uh, our spotter out there. So that's how I got to know Wendy. I I actually met her and talked to her and had to follow her instructions. And, uh, so we, uh, we talked to her and she was actually excited about being part of the show and, and asked about doing segments and stuff. And uh, I, uh, I knew this thing was going on with Tammy, so I thought this would be a perfect situation. So Wendy's going to be joining us on the show as, a, uh, uh, as our female host. And if things go well uh, and uh, Tammy gets a, a good, uh, stable Internet connection, we may have four hosts on the show very, very soon.
0: Oh, that would be fun, and I tell you what—the because the, uh, I've listened obviously to Wendy and in the show, yeah, she she goes toe to toe with you and Josh, man. I, oh, I really do like needed her. We that so badly, you know. There.
2: Tammy would uh, she get in that get her shots in occasionally, but we need somebody that really good needs to give the boys a hard time.
0: Well, I think too is uh, you know because it, it's it's kind of like uh like you and Josh are pretty quick, you know. You, you gotta. Yeah. You got to, oh man, you know, you know, it's just,
2: it's a, it's two ducks and a June bug. <laughs>
0: <God>. <laughs> but yes, I, I just enjoy the progression. I do. I still, to this day, still miss the, uh, uh, Tuesday night call-in show. But I also, now that I started this podcast, realize I go back and think, man, I don't even know how they did two of them a week, let alone, cause you, you were running video and all, oh man, mad yeah. props to you guys, mad props.
2: So, uh, I'll tell you, and I've, I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, on uh, on the Jeep Talk Show, but uh, if we get enough listeners to the Jeep Talk Show, uh, we will be doing a call-in show again. It's it's too easy to set up and do, uh, but uh, we, we just don't have enough listeners to get a, a high enough percentage of people calling in.
0: We had a lot so, of, like, I think it was like maybe a batch of, like, yeah, we'll just say four to ten, somewhere around there, consistently. And right. then it would, you know, one night it would just be like three of us in there and we would just pick on Tammy or something.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was always fun. It's always yes, fun to do was. the podcast.
0: And Tammy but, was so uh, good about reading the messages and stuff like that, staying on top of that. It was, it was, it was, it was a, and you know what? I just didn't know anyone else that did that. Like from a podcast, that's what, what was really intriguing where you guys did this and, and, Again, I mean, you guys aren't like a Westwood one production. You're not like, you know, it's
2: it's, in all. And really, it's just a Tony production as far as the technical aspect of it.
0: I just Uh, uh, I'm amazed by the effort. And I think that, too, is why you have you do have a good percentage of committed followers that listen to your show. Oh, it's very
2: good. We we have a lot of people listening to every each and every episode. I think we have around uh, two thousand to twenty four hundred every episode uh, within thirty days of release. And uh, I I was going to mention this earlier uh, that we've uh, back in July we hit our millionth download. Amazing. So yeah, but you take it, you know, divide that by nine years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's it's, it's it's still a million downloads. I'm just so proud of you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, I, I still to this day enjoy advocating for you guys too. Um oh, I
2: appreciate I, that. I yeah, mean, you, you, I it's do. always been great. You've done that since day one, and I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, there's there's something every show someone can uh, learn from. Uh, the big thing too is you all are resources. Like, if you're not sure about something, write into the Jeep Talk Show, y'all. Like, hit up Josh, hit up Tony. They will put it on the show because the thing about it too, what I like about it is you take these questions, you put it out there, not necessarily to put somebody on a spot, you put it out there. So if someone else has that problems and you do that with your own problem sets, like you've been talking about the heater issue, Hey, what you've done, what you've not done. People have said, Hey, have you tried this? And it's, and it's, it's again, going back to the whole community part of it. That is great. And that's what the Jeep talk show is all about. And I'm totally big fan of y'all and I enjoy it. And I can't wait till you have your 3 million, uh, downloads and stuff. I'm, I'm really excited and I'm, ha- I'm happy to have you all. You're basically on my Monday, Monday drive. That's what, that's what the cheap talk show podcast is for me. My Monday morning drive. So well, far well, as well, Brian, it comes sorry, out Friday
2: morning, where, where the hell are you on Friday, Saturday and Sunday?
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you don't book on <laughs> a spot like that. Oh my goodness, man! That's where's the a-
2: support, man?
0: Yeah. You wait till well, Monday? You, I will tell you this: you guys are consistently my Monday morning drive because if I listen to you on those days, I generally am not going to listen to the full thing. You know, I'll have to break it up. But on Monday, I know you have it timed generally perfectly to where I from the for the entire drive I. I get to listen to the entire show. Oh, I don't like and to
2: break it up. Uh, now, and, and to warn your your listeners, um, the the show is anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours long. So, and, and and this is so funny. From from the day that Josh joined, we've always been worried about: are we going to have enough stuff to talk about? And then we wind up going over every right. time. So <laughs> it's just so much fun. It's just a lot. You 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 getting with your friends once a week to have a chat. Absolutely, and, uh, I very much feel Wendy's going to be the, uh, in the same situation.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, her contributions and, and hear more about her and the stories that she shares and, and all that. And I'm excited to see, uh, where Tammy takes her Jeep life. I know she's got a bunch of adventures she's sharing with you. So I'm excited to hear that. And, and hopefully, yes, you guys, uh, just grow your, um, show staff into where it's for y'all and. It will be definitely interesting, and I look forward to you know when you bring back the call-in show. So, if people want to find you guys, Tony, um, where can they find you guys?
2: Well, of course, you can find us everywhere the uh, the better podcasts are found. Uh, I, mean, I was going to say iTunes, but I think they actually call it Apple Podcast now. Uh, Google, the Google Store, the Google Play, whatever it is. Uh, you can even listen to us on Amazon, the Amazon Echo. I can't say the the, the word the word that must the name that must must not be said. Uh, but you can listen to us directly on there. Add uh, add it to your uh, your. Uh, I'll just say it, Alexa. And uh, then uh, there's also, uh, guys, Spotify, right? Uh, Pandora, Stitcher, um, Stitcher Radio, uh, Radio.com. Uh, we uh, we have our own app. So if you go to the uh, the Google Store or the Apple Store, you can download. Uh, search for Jeep Talk Show and download the app. That's and, right. You uh, guys have an app Actually, too. we have giveaways from time to time when Thank we you. have our interviews. And if you want to be the very first person to be able to hear that uh, that episode, and maybe get in on the uh, the call to our voicemail line because we do like caller number five, caller number six, or whatever, and uh, that's the best way to get the show the fastest. is about downloading the downloading the uh, the application onto your phone or tablet. Uh, of course, the really easy way if you wanna if you just don't go through all that trouble of looking for those things or adding us to your podcast app, the easiest way just to try out the show. Is go to jeeptalkshow.com and uh, you will see all the episodes that we have there. And it is just as simple to, just, just simple play. Press the play button on any episode that's there, and you can get a, a good sense of what the show is. And if that's the only way you want to listen, you can. It's that it is really that easy. It works on your phone as well. So uh, just open up your f- favorite browser, go to jeeptalkshow.com, and press that play button.
1: Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy Manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Go Adventure!
0: Welcome to the Go Adventuring segment. This is a segment we celebrate the people, groups, and organizations that bring positive outdoor adventures to you. This week, we talk with Rachel from Record the Journey. Rachel is a combat veteran in the United States Army. She's heard over 31 years. She's served in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan. She is a passion off-roader, and is a three-time Rebel Rally finisher. She's also a serious competitor. Rachel has been a gold medalist in the United States national in Taekwondo. She was also a uh, two times gold medalist in the world military games in Taekwondo. She was the United States army Taekwondo team coach. She's also the former army athlete of the year founder and CEO of record the journey. This was a fantastic interview. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Rachel has brought some great, uh, opportunities here for people who are coming back from deployment, trying to get reintegration. She's done some, some phenomenal things with the, the athletes that she's been working with, uh, getting them out there and doing some amazing things. I enjoyed this interview so much, and I really do hope that you do do as well. And if you're one of the individuals that you think you could benefit from record the journey, then her information and all that will be in the show notes. All right. Welcome back to the Go Adventuring segment of the Route 1-6 Grind. I'm here with Rachel, founder and CEO of Record the Journey. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell a little about yourself?
5: Yeah, thanks, Brian. First, I want to say a big shout out and thanks to Route 1-6, uh, the, the Grind here podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to your segments. Uh, it's nice to see another veteran out there uh, shouting the, the words on the outdoor adventure stuff. So, so yeah, my name is Rachel. Um, Thirty-one year uh, veteran of the United States Army. Did uh, thirteen years active duty as a military policeman, and then transitioned into a reservist, which just means my weekends got a lot longer, as they say. Uh, multiple deployments overseas, and our running joke is, man, you know, on that that third deployment of two hundred and seventy days, this is one long weekend. Oh, wow. oh.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I think people forget is how much like the reserves and national guard deploy. Those guys deploy for a long time, and it's amazing. So, first off, thank you so much for your service. And with that service and that experience, you know, what are some things that kind of just resonated with you? You know, because you were in for so long, and you hear all the time with the complexities of transitioning. Um, how was that for you?
5: Yeah, no, that's a, a great question, um, and I think it's a really important question that that deserves um, a, a good answer. So, uh, what I like to tell people is my my family has a long history of, of military experience, and my uncle was a uh, was in Vietnam, and even he, when he finished his tour of duty, came back on a ship. You know, it took thirty days to to transit across. And you have, you get kind of this white space where you're, you're with the people you were with and you get to talk and there's just not a lot going down and you're slow down and you kind of are starting to process things. But, you know, I was on the first wave um, in Iraq uh, and first wave, essentially in Afghanistan as well. And I can remember my second deployment being in a really gnarly rocket attack and like 72 hours later being in my living room and you're trying to figure out who am I and what role do I play and transitioning from that warfighter mentality you know where all the armor's up and you've got to do what you got to do to survive and take care of your people to uh you know being a, a daughter and you know a partner and you know all of those things that come into that family side so that that transition can be really rough these days with the advent of technology and i would argue for reservists and national guard it's even harder uh depending on what your career field is you know you do one deployment two deployment three deployments uh, I would argue that transition gets harder, not easier, because you know what it takes to go over there and survive. And I know coming off the last one, I was my frustration was just leave me over there until we're done. I'm tired of trying to go back and forth with this transition.
0: Yeah, and I don't think people really realize that. And that's a good point is because, you know, when you serve for as long as you did, it's, you know, the pauses are in between a deployment. It's not vice versa. And I think the thing, too, is life goes on. And that's a hard thing to adjust to when you do return. You still remember it, what it was. You know those, you know, six month, eight month, thirteen month, eighteen month deployments. Come back and, you know that that's a something you just cannot jump in. And that's a hard thing. And especially when it's over, some veterans they get out, they you know process out, and now they're over. Now what do they do? Now that's right. You have identified with this, especially with your organization. And so you found it before the journey to kind of help with this transition period.
1: right?
5: Yeah. And, you know, I think for, for me anyway, you know, trying to deal with those transitions. And I think the other thing that we don't talk about very often is that you know, there's a lot of positives that go into those deployments. There's a lot of adrenaline, there's a a lot of really tight bonds and you're, you're really clear on what your mission and your focus is. And you come back and you've got to figure out how do I manage getting my adrenaline fixed? How do I manage what my, my purpose and focus is? How do I want to uh, engage with the community around me to, to continue to have a a tight knit community? And for me, I needed, you know. tried all the things you're not supposed to do to produce adrenaline. Um, but being a mature individual, you realize things aren't sustainable and you can't you know, drink all the time because you get older, that just doesn't work real well either. So I've always liked off roading I've always liked nature. So I was spending a lot of time out west and just driving trails and getting out by myself. You know, there's no crowds to interact with. And just I love being outside. I love nature. So I was out there doing that, uh, camping a lot and picked up a camera and really got into the creative process of making an image. And what I found, and I suspect it holds true for any uh, act of creation is that while you're, while you're doing that, you're completely focused on what you're doing. You're looking through the lens of a camera. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. And the other thing that when you make an image is doing for you is you're listening to your own voice. Like what, what am I interested in? What inspires me right now? What is capturing my attention? And I'm not responsible for anybody's, uh, you know, health or welfare. I'm just out there and I'm able to listen to my own voice. And for me, it, it definitely started that, that road to recovery where I was able to to find that peace that, that you're looking for. And I started a photo project, uh, that I call, you know, moments of stillness that are meant to inspire peace. Um, Uh, it's pretty hard to take a bad image when you're in a really pretty part of the country. So uh, for me anyway, that, that works really, really well. And I actually moved off the East coast and moved out West because I just enjoy uh, BLM and uh, the wildlife and the national forest that you can just go out into and explore.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a huge piece. I know that every time I get out and that's something we highlight continuously on this podcast is just the piece uh, that you get and and just honestly just appreciate nature it, it's no matter you go to the same spot there is a difference of, of that spot there are things and if you're paying attention it, it's not always the same scenery you got to look around and and you highlight some good points with your photography too but, you know it's a challenge of capturing capturing light too I mean that really it you're know, something you're trying to get you're trying to get it to how you're seeing it and then you know put the device in the settings that you want and when you get it it's like uh a huge reward for yourself too. So there there's the challenge of just taking a good picture too. It's not simply just click, click, click at times. Now with Absolutely. record the journey, what do you do
5: with this? Uh sorry, I couldn't quite hear that. Could you repeat that?
0: Now with record the journey, uh what, what do you do with this as far as like how do you record the journey?
5: Right. And and why you should record the journey, right? So right. um Yeah. So my first thought is just, you know, hey, here's a here's a path that works for me. Um, So I took some other folks with me and they kind of had some more experiences and, you know, just being able to you're out there making images. um, And the cool thing is you can take 20 people out to the same area and it's exactly what you said. Everybody sees something a little different. Uh, So everybody makes an image and you come back at the end of the night. Everybody kind of shares the image they took. Tell me why, wh- why did you like this? You know, how did you make that shot? And then you're just kind of doing that time honored military tradition anyway of telling stories and sitting around, um, you know, shooting the shit essentially.
0: Right, right. <laughs> you know, and two, it's, um, I don't know, visual poetry because I could read a poem, you could read a poem, we might get two different things out of it. So that right there, that, that's amazing. So, Far as with, uh, the groups, you also look at doing other adventures. You had, we were having some involvement with a uh, rebel rally, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah. The rebel rally. So, uh, you know, I started this thing, you know, basically driving off road. So, and I think there's actually a lot of parallels between off-roading and photography, believe it or not. Um, well, you you got know, my just, uh, well like for instance, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. Right. So, whether you're spotting for somebody or looking through a camera or driving, if you, if you get focused outside of what you need to focus on, you can hurt the vehicle. You can hurt yourself. On photography, you just miss a moment that you're never going to get back. Right on. Um, you could also argue that, that uh, both of them have uh, – there's a photographer that talks about gear acquisition syndrome. Where, you know, you can never have enough gear and, you know, offering, you can go down that path pretty quick too. Uh, try <laughs> yeah. to try to get the right tires, the right winch, the right earth rack, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do. So um, there's a, my running joke is they're, they're both expensive endeavors where the builds are never done. Right. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so, so we're definitely adventure based, right? This isn't a uh, go hang out in a classroom and we're going to throw up a PowerPoint and talk about, you know, the, the science of photography, It's about getting out and producing some adrenaline and enjoying the moment. So uh, one of the things that we did last year that we're pretty proud of is uh, sponsoring a veteran to uh, compete in the Rebel Rally, which is, uh, it's a navigational rally. So it's not a race. It's not a race. It's truly a navigational rally for, for, um, for points, not for speed. And it's eight days long, starts in Lake Tahoe, ends on the border of Mexico in the sand dunes wow. epic sand dunes and glamis and uh, it's all map and compass it's right. all uh, no gps no phones no electronic devices all back roads eight days long camping as you go finding these checkpoints and it's epic scenery with some pretty adrenaline producing um fun along the way uh, and we've actually done it for uh three years um sponsoring a veteran to do it the first year, uh, that we sponsored a veteran. We had a young lady who had some um, pretty significant PTSD issues with driving, and she was able to successfully finish the rally, which was a huge testament. And had a lot of fun along the way. Um, but uh, this last year, 2019, we sponsored an Air Force uh, veteran of seven years who um, was essentially neurological quadriplegic. Which man, I could tell you so many stories about what it's like to take, you know, somebody who's got really limited hand function and no leg function out off roading and geocaching essentially at the same time, which is what the rebel rally is.
0: Yeah. So she did pretty well though, right? Say that again. She did pretty well, right?
5: Yeah. She kicked, kicked tail. Uh, You know, once we got past, we had to sort of set the stage in the very beginning, um, on what camping looked like. So I had to explain to her that camping, cause she came out of the air force doesn't involve, uh, a third and, uh, no you job. know, a five-star no star meal. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and she, she, Kara's 26 years old. So good, great sense of humor. Uh, and actually had had some time, uh, driving with Jeeps before the, uh, uh the disease hit her and she lost the function in her legs and she had to get discharged. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was amazing. Uh, we were, we're a very young nonprofit. We've only been around for a couple of years. We're very small. We were actually, uh, able to get connected through the, the community to Mitsubishi who stepped way up to the plate and gave us a vehicle. Um, and we got that modified with adaptive hand controls so that she could drive. And, you know, ironically, initially we thought she would probably navigate, but as you know, coming from a military background, when you take a compass and you set it on a hunk of metal, like a wheelchair, right. yeah, that, that doesn't work real well. Um, nope, nope, so we on. found a way for her to drive um, and she, she nailed it. She came in, uh, came in second. Uh, so she's the first disabled um, uh, athlete to compete in the rebel rally, but re- really adaptive athlete right that's the term that we're because we're talking about what you can do not about what you can't so first adaptive athlete to compete in the rebel rally and she placed second in the vehicle class that she was in
0: that's awesome yeah i read a, a little bit about her the information that you sent me that's a uh, pretty amazing and is a testament of really of what you're trying to do is get like you highlighted. you know get people focused on what they can do, not what they can't. And there are many situations where you kind of recognize through your own uh, experiences as well, because you, you saw some things overseas and, um, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a tough thing. And being able to have that connection, uh, with people, uh, veterans specifically that have had those situations and, Because you know the deal. You want to isolate yourself a lot. You really do. Um, And we talk a lot about getting outdoors and the therapy of it. But how do you reintegrate? How do you inspire? How do you do those things? You know, you found the way for you to do it. And you are taking that with others. Now, besides the the rebel rally, uh, other things you've done with that, what about like, you know, if someone's interested in – connecting with you and doing one of the things that you may offer one of the programs uh one of the events you might host etc how would someone connect with you and what is your biggest target audience
5: yeah thanks that's a yeah great great question so you know biggest target audience for us is anybody who's been affiliated with the military so uh you know active duty uh military veterans and obviously families you know one of the great things about photography um, and I think it, it really works well you come back from a deployment we all know this you know you've done what you're gonna do and whoever you left at home has been doing what they're gonna do and sometimes coming back in and reintegrating at home it just it's a little awkward you've had different experiences and it just takes time to get plugged back in uh, so one of the things that we love doing is uh, we'll go out and do sort of a, a photography um, scavenger hunt and we'll pair up like, you know, fathers and daughters or spouses or boyfriends and girlfriends. And, you know, again, you're not sitting in a classroom, you're going to go around, you've got a checklist and, and a timer and it's a little bit of fun. Uh, and at the end, you know, you come back and you talk about those images. And again, coming back to, in my opinion, as the, you know, the power of photography is, you know, you don't need to use words. I don't have to have a long drawn out conversation. We're just sharing a moment in time that we both took to reestablish connection and a, and a commonality. Um uh, so, right now, our, our programs are primarily operating in uh, Texas, uh, Virginia, and California. We're still growing. We're going to be publishing our new um, 20 and 21 schedule. But we're, we would love to find organizations, like kind of like what you highlighted, uh, I think, uh, was it episode 10? I think it was with uh, Operation Reboot.
0: Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, uh, yes. They do some great things up there.
5: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. what we'd love to do is partner with other organizations that are already getting veterans out and offering a photography component of it when they get to their base camp, sort of. Uh, so, you know, if there are groups out there listening that are interested in that, you know, shoot us an email um you know, or uh, DM us on on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and we'd love to, to talk about being able to do that together to, to leverage resources. You know, we're, we're small, um, you know, so how do we, you know, we're better together if we can work together and, and, you know, it's just a better use of resources and hopefully providing veterans and their families other avenues and options. What works for one may not work for the other.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely uh, get you uh, Daniel and his wife. Um, oh, don't hurt me if I don't remember your. It's Nicole. I want to say. I sure hope that's her name. Uh, Operation Reboot Outdoors. I'll get you their info and I'll hit them up too. That would they do some amazing things. Uh, I think, especially up there in Maine, it's so beautiful where they're at. That is that's yeah. great. And uh, yeah, anything that we can help out with, that please reach out to me. I mean. I'm, I'm a chatty guy. I, I go out and talk to everybody. And, uh, you know, that's what what I like to do is trying to bring uh, people together in that aspect too, where they can kind of help out some great causes. Cause there's a lot of things we can do ourselves, but we do so much more when we do it together. And, uh, that's what's great about these organizations. Um, where do you want to, like, so you want to grow this, you know, uh, within reason, obviously, What is the, like, when you think of Record the Journey and where you want to be in, say, five years, what does that vision look like?
5: Well, you know, I I think we're primarily focusing on the states right now with the highest number of veterans per capita. So looking at the the trends that have been reported from the, the Veterans Administration and how veterans are moving, a lot of veterans are moving out west. So that's why. Uh, Texas, California, and Florida are the states with the three highest veterans per capita. So that's why we've elected to sort of focus in those areas initially. Uh, But there are so many, uh, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like an off-road club, right? You know, Rachel doesn't need to be there. Kara doesn't need to be there for Record the Journey. Uh, What we really need are people who are willing to help host events like this. And there's plenty of, we try and have a professional photographer out there with us to answer questions and help people with the technical side. Um, so, you know, if there are groups out there or folks out there who would w- want to host something and just need a little help on, on what that should look like, uh, we would love to come out, help a program get set up and, you know, just like an off-road club, you know, have a, and basically an, a photography, um, adventure club, We'd love to see it happen in, in every state, in every city. I'd love to bring it on to military installations as part of MWR uh, yeah, as, great. you know, another way that people can find, uh, uh, you know, that, that reintegration and just that outlet.
0: Right. I, 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 it's kind of like a train-to-trainer program, like what we would call it. Exactly. exactly. So that's that's great. <laughs> and, you know, and I think, too, is you're kind of hitting on it where you're offering an outlet and you know, for some people's, uh, some veterans, this might, might be the program others might be, but the fact that it's available, I have a friend of mine that just, uh, he, he had some, uh, uh, PTSD issues and he now, he went through a, a, a therapy program where he ties flies. So fish, you know, fly, oh. you know, for, for fishing and, uh, for fly fishing. And, and he, he has just given it mad raves about just what it does for him and, and that release and, I know for me, it it was just being able to, you know, because I I definitely went back to wheeling. Now I'm picking hunting back up this last year. So getting out and doing that. um, I did a lot of photography myself uh, many years ago and I can absolutely connect with this and the fact that you're offering this and you're ready to, you know, help others because, One of the things you probably hear, uh, maybe not necessarily directed toward you, but you kind of hear out there, there there there's so many people say, I wish I could do something. I want to do something. Well, time, dedicating your time is just as important as dedicating, you know, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. It's just as important. But if you can make the time to help get this rolling in your area or connect, you know, Rachel with the person that possibly can make that happen, that is a contribution as well. You are helping. So simple things like that. You don't need to take it all on. Just kind of point in the direction and see what your time can offer. And, you know, the reward will be there. So that, that's amazing. So,
5: yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the other thing that, that we've found is that the there's just so much community support. You know, we, we would never have gotten Kara to everybody. You know, we focus on the the finish line that we got her across the finish line. She placed second. It's fantastic. Uh, very inspirational young lady. But, the real story is the community support that got her to the start line, you know, saying, hey, we want to uh, sponsor this young lady Mitsubishi coming up to the to the plate. And then there's a um, there's a garage in uh, out in the L.A. area that is has a long history with modifying Mitsubishi's called Road Race Engineering and Road Race Engineering. You know, his uh, the, the owner, Mike Welsh, you know, he had a family member who had been in a wheelchair and completely understood and Those guys volunteered hours and hours and hours of their time to, you know, build a a bar so that she could transition from the chair into the car to strip the seats out because we had to strap two wheelchairs with all the camping gear in the back to, you know, just prepping this vehicle from a rally perspective and 100% volunteer, 100% free, just doing it because they believe in the community and believe in the veterans.
0: That's awesome. I'll make sure to get the info for the show notes as well. well. We'll put that in there. So Rachel, if, if people want to find you, they want to connect with you, they want to resource you and record the journey organization, where would they do that?
5: So best place, uh, you know, obviously the web webpage, uh, you can shoot, you can uh, put your email there on the webpage and somebody will uh, give back to you. Uh, we are not, Web page experts, by all means, we're probably way more active on our social channels and uh, Instagram and Twitter are the two we're most active on. We certainly have Facebook. And even if you don't want to connect, you want to show some support. We'd love that you just like us on those social channels. You know, the more uh, we can show that we have eyeballs, the, the better we can do for the, the sponsors. Like uh, BF Goodrich gave us a, a set of KO2s, which are great tires. I've, I've run them through four rebel rallies, never had to do a tire change, which is a miracle. Uh, when you know people around me are hitting two flats at the same time Um, so so just being able to like it and show our sponsors that you know we've got some community engagement helps us out a lot
0: yeah absolutely so anything we can do please reach out to us Uh, we'd love to check back in with you a little bit later bring you back on you can tell us what's going on and you know how the record the journey is recording it
5: Really appreciate that. And I guess the last thing I would say on the on Record the Journey and part of why I picked that name, you know, I think that it, – and it's a big analogy to the map and compass, which is also why the Rebel Rally fits into our programming so well, right, is if you have a map and you have a route, it may not be easy to, to follow that route, but at least you know where you're going and you can turn around and start stepping and starting to grind, right? Yeah. The hard part is when you don't have any idea – where you're supposed to go or how you're supposed to get there and what veterans are so good at, you know, people have done this before. People have been transitioning for hundreds of years. So it's just being able to literally record that journey in a way that makes sense to you and sharing with it, sharing it with the folks that are coming up behind us so that they see that it's possible to do it successfully, wow. to, to navigate through it. And again, it might not be easy, but we're, we're military folks, right? If it was easy, what's the point in doing it?
0: Yeah, that's very Uh, cool. Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, Hey, y'all, amazing person, amazing organization. Uh, Provide support where you can. And uh, we'll have everything in the show notes. And Rachel, thank you so much for being on.
5: Thank you so much.
0: Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call on the Route 16 Grind hotline at
1: 919-694-3356. And maybe you will be on our next show. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by Sea Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to Sea Coffee. Sea Steak Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.seasteakcoffee.com.
0: Tony, man great show dude thank you so much for coming again
2: well sure but i i do have one complaint brian
0: what's that You're why get is your, my coffee uh, cup back
2: and this specific shade of pink <laughs> you gave me a pink coffee cup it's a coffee a cup of joe segment
0: right oh man you see i was like what are you talking about man <laughs> you know what i will tell you this i am going to send you a bag of some sea state coffee for being on the oh show. cool my wife uh, loves this, coffee I, so Give a little background here, and this I'm, I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this in a podcast. Before I met Sea State Coffee, so it's a veteran owned brand, Christian who owns that former Marine. He's also comes in the same community I did. He was a reconnaissance marine, and he wrote, and I I was a Folgers guy, man. Instant coffee. I would just be like, Man, I'm not drinking that star, but I like this here, 120 servings, eight bucks in this. I'm good. And then I tried Sea State Coffee. He's like, hey, try this out. And you ended up becoming a sponsor for the podcast too. Get yourself, if you don't have one, get yourself a coffee bean grinder. I'm telling you, man, the it doesn't matter. There's there's uh um black and gold, there's dark, and there's morning brew. Doesn't matter which one you want. Uh they're all just and when it comes, oh my gosh, man, it smells so good.
2: <laughs> it smells good. But. So, so you're obviously a newbie when it comes to coffee. Now, no, I'm not going to yeah, say not I'm not that I'm not a newbie, but uh, my uh, my youngest daughter worked for Starbucks for three four years, and my wife is a coffee fiend. Yeah, we have multiple grinders. We have. She actually makes trips to Sam's Club, which I don't know if you guys have the club things up there over well, there. Yeah, yeah I so. about
0: we have we have something I don't get it. But my, my yeah, anyway, does.
2: she get, she gets gallon size uh, jugs of uh, uh, purified water because those are for making the coffee. if the If the water's not good for the coffee, the coffee is not going to be as good. Yeah. So we go through this whole ordeal. So absolutely, I love the idea of getting some different kind of coffee beans because my wife will enjoy the hell out of that. And if uh, if I like it, I'll enjoy the hell out of it.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely send you some. I want to want to know what you think, but I, it literally is amazing. I've, I mean, I've had you know I've traveled the world. I've had you know coffee, if you will, but I just I've never had any of that appeal to me. And I've had Starbucks, and you know all the respects Starbucks. It, nothing really impressed me like this. coffee. I'm not, I'm real, not saying I'm not a big that because they sponsored the me. I'm just coffee, saying it because so. it's true. <laughs> so they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, that was a great story uh, from Rachel from Record the Journey. Uh, just an amazing, and again, it's all these programs. I know uh, for the listeners, I know a lot of things here seem to be very veteran related, and it's just natural because you know I served, and there's a again that whole sense of community of resource. But don't feel um, constrained. That that's the only topics that we want to cover. If you have an organization, you have a group that you want to bring awareness to. If you're a person that helps out with that with a specific uh, segment of our community, then hey, please, if we can help out, ties in the show, bring it on. We're, we're more than happy. It's just a natural effect that you know some of these people just kind of pop up on my radar just because of my service and, and, and such. And, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, just like Chuck, Chuck, you know, he, he, I didn't meet him through the service and whatnot, but he was someone that kind of said, Hey man, I'll take you hunting. And that's how we got connected. He was willing to help and resource, uh, with me. And so if you have kind of those stories, we're willing to bring you on and then, Hey, you know what, Tony, I have been meaning to ask you this question and I haven't had a chance to chat with you, uh, since I think it was the last Jeep talk show, but what's up with Josh's love for uh, mid-sized third row Jeep Wagoneers?
2: Well, I mean, I think he's reporting on it. I don't think he's got any kind of uh, uh, unnatural uh, love for them because, uh, you know, how good a, how good is that going to wheel? So if it's a Jeep, you know, we're interested in uh, taking it off road.
0: Hey, uh, Tony, I was being sarcastic, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I remember he was just talking about it. I was like, oh, man, he has, yeah, with you, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. He, uh, he, when he brought that up and he was talking about it and I, I, I get it too, man. I don't, I mean, I think I can understand it in one direction, another direction. I don't get it. So it's very confusing. But then again, maybe, maybe somebody's marketing data. sees something different. Well, I guess. We oh, just no, have don't to get me
2: wrong. It's a great now. idea for Jeep because you, when you get that brand loyalty, like I really love my Jeep. I mean, I can't think of buying anything else, uh, anything else other than a Jeep. Um, but the problem is, is that they don't make the Jeeps like they used to make whenever they made my, uh, Cherokee. But when we were starting a family, um, or actually we had started a family when I went to look at a Jeep, I was actually looking for a TJ, but there was just no way that our two little girls were going to be, uh, fitting in the back of that, back of that TJ very well so that we got the Cherokee. And, And thankfully it was a four door with a, you know, a good size back seat for them. So now it's a family thing. Well, what about the people that have five kids, not just two or, you know, three even that, and you need that third seat. So it's, it's a brilliant idea for Jeep because now they've got that brand loyalty. They can still sell a Jeep to somebody. It may not be a wheeling vehicle, but at least it's still a Jeep and you're still driving around with a family.
0: Right. And it's not like one of those where it's just two, it has a third row, but it's really small. You have no storage space. Oh, yeah. You know, my wife had uh, for a brief period one of those third row uh, Durangos because we had a like, no kidding, like a hybrid Hemi Durango, a 2009. I think it was bad. Right. Uh, it was a beast and it was a hybrid, which blew people's mind because the engine would just shut off and wouldn't even, and then all of a sudden just, you yeah, know, it was pretty cool. But, anyways, she went to another one later and it just no storage space, super tiny. Um, right. it, was, it was kind of a fun drive, but we got rid of that, went back to a Tahoe, and, and she's very happy with that right now. And,
2: well, that's kind of what you have to do. You have to go to a Chevrolet if you want enough storage room, a big enough vehicle, a full-size vehicle, if you will. And, of course, they're not really full-size vehicles. If you go back to uh, the late 70s, early 80s, those things are, are much smaller than what they were back then. So uh, with the square bodies, I, I had a, uh, an, 80, um, an 83 uh, short wheelbase um, Silverado uh, four wheel drive. And that thing was a blast. It, I mean, it's huge compared to, to a Jeep, but, uh, lots of room in the, uh, in the back.
0: Yeah. I, I tell you, I enjoy it. Like we've talked about numerous times. I enjoyed my XJ. Uh, I traveled the country numerous times did overlanding for it was really old called overlanding, just great vehicles, easy maintenance. Um, they do yep. have their, that's straight six though. I mean, it won't uh, die.
2: Man, goes and goes.
0: It won't die. <laughs> it'll leak. Um, he'll do a lot of things. Oh, yeah, it won't absolutely. die. <laughs> So uh,
2: leaking is part of its charm.
0: Right. I mean, you know, it's kinda like the Harley. If it ain't leaking, it's you know, it's probably something wrong with it.
2: Oh, I was thinking it was like an old dog, you know, you love it to death, but it leaks when it walks around the house. <laughs> Very true.
0: there you go all right <laughs> and what about those uh willies we talked about that was I'm telling you I'm gonna keep my eye open if I see anything with that I'm pushing it to you I would love to hear more about them and oh
2: absolutely I, I can't believe there's a, a graveyard of jeeps because I'm thinking to myself okay they're making these Willies jeeps uh using these Willies bodies but where are they getting the the, the source from and it that just am, amazes me just that alone amazes me that there's so many of them there in montana
0: yeah, I'll, I'm going to find that place that I am telling I was talking about. I'll find the uh, link. I'll put it in the show notes to you all. Uh, you'll see it in there. And I'll just put Willie's Graveyard because that's how Tony references it. And <clears throat> it'll be a company out in Montana that has just buttloads of, uh, you know, the elephant graveyard of Jeeps out there. But this company, LDS, uh, what is it, LD Systems? Um, definitely, if I hear anything on that, I'll let you all know. I'll let you guys know, Tony, for sure. I, I would love to see an image of this uh like anything i oh, yeah. might have to send so, Jamie on a road uh, trip if, out to if montana if you have contact to, information
2: just shoot that over to me and uh, we'll uh, we'll get a contact and i don't know if people know or not but uh, the the jeep dog show we have an interview with somebody uh, on every episode so uh like to contact those folks and get them on the show and uh quiz them about this stuff for a good 20 to 30 minutes
0: yeah. And you know, and I, I do like the interview segments, man. I mean, you get some really good people and it's not necessarily like uh like, you know, we talked about before, like the influencers, the big names, the big brands, uh, it, like, you know, if you are the guy working on your rig in the garage and you know, maybe you want to share that story. Hey, hit up the cheap talk show. Oh,
2: everybody has a great story to tell. In fact, and I, I apologize, I don't have the episode information, but I was just talking to somebody that was off, uh, off the forum and uh, he came on and did an interview, and his story was they were doing some uh, late-night wheeling uh, someplace where they weren't supposed to be. And I, when I say late night, like 3 a.m., and uh, a black helicopter, a military black helicopter, started chasing them. And they chased them, and they finally got in front of them to make them stop right before they hit the Black Hawk helicopter that was landed in the direction they were traveling. So mm-hmm. the, the they were being chased to keep them from hitting the the Blackhawk that had had a power failure that was completely dark at three a.m. Oh. and it was a it was a riveting interview. It was amazing to hear, and it was just somebody that had a Jeep that was doing something off road.
0: I, man, I I'm
2: you've bad. never heard that one, have you?
0: No, I might've missed that one.
2: I'll have to find that one. It was a really fun interview.
0: I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. Send that to me and, uh, and I'll let our people know for sure. My people will get with your people. How about that, Tony? <laughs>
2: Making podcasting sounding cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Tony. I really appreciate it. Listeners, well, thank you for joining us. And remember, if you have an idea or maybe you would like to contribute to one of our segments, all you have to do is go to root 16com and select contact. And let us know your idea. That's R-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact.
1: Thanks for listening to the Route 1-6 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, Sea Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared.
2: Hey, Brian, can I keep this pink cup? It's kind of growing on me. Yeah!